It is more than a pleasure to have the International Secretary Treasurer of the United Steelworkers back on the show, the highest-ranking USW official other than President Leo Girard, Mr. Stan Johnson. Mr. Johnson, thank you for joining us once again. Good afternoon and welcome back. Uh, thanks for having us back on, Leslie. Very much appreciated. I um, always uh, love having you on because I, I think it's important that people get a non-politician uh, side of things. And when you have politicians like the Chinese president speaking with our president and certainly other individuals and businesses uh, around the country, sometimes what the leaders from another country say when they're here is very different when they, with what they do when they go back home. And I think we've seen that uh, with China. Uh, especially with regard to trade, especially regard to, you know, manipulating their currency, uh, human rights violations, the list goes on. Um, talk to us about the uh, arrival and the time the Chinese president had in this country uh, last week. I mean, he made a lot of big promises, very vague promises about how China is going to become a better trade partner. But the proof is in the pudding. We're not seeing a lot of proof of that, are we? Well, no, we're not. We haven't. Uh, and, and look, these are not the first promises that have been made by the Chinese uh, or the Chinese government. Uh, we've dealt with, with problems with China uh, since inception. The, the, the problems continue today. And, and look, the whole thing has to be more about promises. You know, coming here uh, and saying what they're going to do has nothing to do with implementing what actually has to be done to make China a decent, reasonable player in the world. Uh, you know, I can make all the promises I want to make. If I don't fulfill the promises, none of the promises matter. And I think that's where we're at with China. Uh, the promises are not real. It has to be about real reform. It's got to be about meaningful change and adhering to agreements and, and quite frankly, adhering to international law. And we've not seen that. We also haven't seen two of the things that the Chinese president alluded to. One was promising not to manipulate its currency which it has been, and two, not to discriminate against foreign businesses, which it also has been. You know, obviously, know your audience, you want to please them, but, I I mean, uh, unless this guy's going to do a 360 with regard to manipulating currency or discrimination against foreign businesses, this is a lot of hot air, further hot air. Well, I think it is hot air. The fact of the matter is it's easy to say you're not going to manipulate currency within the last... uh, four weeks to six weeks, I forget exactly when the date was, they just got through manipulating their currency yeah. to the benefit of their own government. 4.4% uh, to, to push their own economy forward and, and make their economy work and make the rest of the world pay for it. Quite frankly, that 4.4% currency manipulation translated into about an 8% overall loss for the U.S. It's 4%, you know, 4.4% each way. So we our cost of goods going in and their cost of goods coming out both changed the 4.4%. So, you know, if I say, look, uh, you know, I'm not going to do something after I just got through doing it, it, to me it provides a lot less validity. And I, I agree with you. I mean, when you stand as he did before 650 business executives and other guests uh, when he spoke in Seattle last week, he touched on a lot of issues, and these issues have caused a great strain between the United States and China. They've also called a, caused a strain on the U.S. worker, um, obviously, uh, whether it is, uh, you know, currency manipulation, economic reform, cyber attacks, uh, human uh, rights violations, commercial theft, um, the, the list goes on. With And like you said, th- this is hypocrisy at its finest. As a matter of fact, this maybe this guy should be in, you know, uh, our Congress. Uh, he, he said they will not <laughs> manipulate their currency to boost exports, will never engage in commercial theft. 
Does he expect Americans not to be able to Google? Like you said, I mean, this situation in China, all of these things he has made promises on, he has violated within such a short period of time prior to saying this that it's still warm, if you will. The grave is still warm. Uh, The grave is still warm, and and it is ongoing. I, I think there was a study done not long ago that said out of industrial espionage cases, 95% 95% are Chinese-based, 95%. So, you know, to, again, to say that you're not going to do this while you are currently doing it is, is absurdity. Quite frankly, we, as an institution, the steelworkers, have, have been hacked uh, by the Chinese. Many of the steel companies have been hacked by the Chinese. So, you know, they're out to gain an advantage uh, both uh, informationally, technologically, and any other way they can, and and it appears that that it's a no holds ball barred war. Uh, that let's just you know let's go get everything that we can get, and to come here and say it, as you said, is is to um, you know not even let the the uh, body go cold in the grave. If China actually kept its promises, Mr. Johnson, and cooperated with the the United States the way that we desire, and quite frankly, most of I think you know the Western or uh, industrialized world uh, would like, don't you feel that China could be a part of a global uh, bedrock of global stability? Um, and and then again, on on the flip side of that, with the conflicts that we've had in China, if these continue, this is a disaster not just to the United States but for China and its people as well. Well, China could be a major global player, which they already are, but they could be a major global player in a positive fashion. But the fact of the matter is that the Chinese, the the country of China is controlled, is state-owned, and it's state-controlled, and it's manipulated to the advantage of a few people within China, few being, you know, maybe several million in comparison to the total population. But this is not about... Uh, doing as the U.S. would want done. This is about doing what any people should do, and that's that's provide a circumstance that allows people the freedom to act and to interact, to engage in an economy, to engage in a life, to engage in basic personal freedoms. And quite frankly, none of those things exist in China. Uh, haven't existed for years, and and quite frankly, if you look step take a half a step back and look, uh, no one foresees a point in time where China is willing to do that. And, and you know, he came under a barrage of criticism before his speech over the treatment in China of U.S. businesses that have uh, been operating and continue to operate in his country. Um, th- this is a man who made a lot of reassuring comments, but when we look at the actual policies of the government of China. We don't have that. Uh, when this guy is pressed for specifics, we don't get that, uh, whether it's with top tech leaders, top business leaders, or even with the president of the United States. Mr. Johnson, what would you, as the second in command of the USW, uh, require about actual government policies in the president of China and specifics uh, with regard to these huge uh, promises that he has uh, made and that I, I you know, quite frankly, everybody is very skeptical about. Yeah, well, look, the lack of specifics is kind of very uh, Trump-like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it, it certainly reminded me of that, how you can uh, talk and say so much and really not say anything. Um, what would, would, would I like? I would like hard, fast agreements, enforceable agreements that said, 
we will not do currency manipulation and and adhere to that. Real hard and fast agreements to to change uh, China into a uh, away from a non-market economy into an, a market economy, which resolves a lot of the issues. Um, uh, a, a ironclad enforceable agreement to stop industrial re- espionage, an ironclad enforceable agreement for uh, the ability to see human rights uh, be able to enforce to, to be able to be enforced in China, uh, and an ironclad agreement that that stops this insane military buildup that the Chinese government is doing, and and probably more importantly for uh, regular workers in the U.S., the, the ability to make sure that the trade agreements that China has actually entered into, uh, that they would adhere to those trade agreements, and we could enforce those as they were intended on the outset. We're going to take so a quick... We're going to take a quick break. We have a lot to talk about with regard to this, and I think it's important that the American people understand the truth as opposed to the uh, rhetoric, which, quite frankly, were lies and a lot of empty promises by the president of China. Stan Johnson is the international secretary treasurer, second in command under President Leo Gerard at the USW, the United Steelworkers. Follow them on Twitter at USW Blogger. And the website for the USW is USW.org. When we come back, we'll take your calls at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Do you have questions about the hacking? Do you have questions about the currency manipulation? Do you have questions about China's situation economically and what it does to the American worker and to industries uh, at large here and throughout the world? We'll be back with our guests and with you right after this. Don't go away. We are back with Stan Johnson, International Secretary, Treasurer of the USW, second highest ranking official at the USW. Mr. Johnson, thank you for holding. Welcome back. We're talking about the leader and the president of China um, visiting the United States. I want to talk about some things that people may not fully uh, be aware of. Um, First of all, one of the things that I think there was a great piece uh, written by somebody that we love here, uh, director of the AAM, Scott Paul, that he wrote for the USW. And he wrote six essential facts in focus. And basically, it was a prep sheet for the Chinese president's state visit. And I think it's really educational. Let's go over some of that stuff, shall we? Um, first is, and I don't think many Americans are aware of this unless they're really you know, digging deep and doing their homework, but China remains a state-controlled non-market Economy, correct, Mr. Johnson? And if so, could you explain that in layperson terms to the folks out there who may not, you know, fully understand what that means? Well, it's it's not a free market economy. Fifty-seven percent of the assets uh, of all the banks are controlled by state-owned banks. Ninety percent of the uh, assets of their bond market are controlled by the state. It is a state-owned, state-ran, state-sponsored, state-controlling government it is not a free market economy it does not trade as a free market economy in the world and anywhere in the world uh, we are excluded from its markets um, and quite frankly uh, excluded from from much of what should have access for uh, all the u.s companies there so it's, it's a closed society a closed economy and we don't have access to it and speaking of that when we look and i've talked with you i've talked with scott paul leo so many about the deficit, the trade deficit that we have with China. And I'm talking about the goods trade deficit 
And we're, we're talking about a deficit in the billions when you have in the United States a complete imbalance with uh, China. We are importing far more than we export, and that creates a huge trade deficit that is not addressed in any of these trade deals. And it doesn't seem that there is any um, pathway to changing that uh, because obviously the United States would benefit so much more with regard to jobs and uh, you know uh, building uh, more manufacturing plants if we were to be exporting more than we're importing with China or any other country in the world. Well, right now um, or over the last several years, we've we've had a 300, 300 billion with a B uh, plus trade deficit with China. There is not, nothing, as you said, on the horizon to make us believe that that is going to change. Kind of the amazing thing about the Chinese are is that regardless of demand, I mean, demand really seems to have no bearing on anything. Regardless of demand, they continue to ramp up production for export. Anywhere around the world, they are capturing markets that should never be captured because they're subsidizing and, and you know through state-owned industries and state-owned incentives or state incentives. Uh, and they're competing on a completely unfair fair basis. But, Leslie, I do believe that people understand more than we probably give them credit for. There was a recent Gallup poll that, that, uh, the, that said, in essence, that a majority of Americans view China as one of the primary economic and military threats facing the U.S. today. So people are paying attention. People are beginning to understand the massive trade imbalance and the, the amount of um, goods coming into this country is costing jobs that the Chinese uh, manipulating their currency are having a negative impact on, on their day-to-day work lives, and, and that the military threat uh, that China continues to build off of this uh, immense amount of money that we continue to pump in, in trade deficits is going to have a long-term ramification. Uh, China is today... 80% of the total U.S. trade deficit. One country, 80%. Uh, no excuse for that. Absolutely no excuse for that. And it, it's just it's just awful. Before we delve deeper into um, currency uh, manipulation and, you know, threats to our national and economic security, with regard to China remaining a state-controlled non-market economy, doesn't that Mr. Johnson always put American workers and industries in the United States at a disadvantage as long as China remains that state-controlled non-market economy. Well, uh, I, I'm Leslie. I'm always totally amazed. I remain totally amazed that U.S. companies have consistently and absolutely been willing to sacrifice their technology, their trade secrets, everything that makes a company a company. Uh, to, to try to access uh, the Chinese economy in belief, in, in, in strictly a belief that somehow this Chinese economy is going to explode into a, a more market-based economy and that they're going to be positioned to uh, benefit immensely from that. But what has happened in reality is companies go over they are generally uh, put in a position not to be able to uh, operate on their own, so they're, they're partnered with the state-owned enterprises. They're forced to share their technology. They're forced to set up export operations, not import operations. And they do that, but they continue to do it over and over and over. And you wonder, you know, at some point in time, do, do, do people not pay attention to what's going on? 
it, it's 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 beyond absurdity to watch this happen, and 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 then for companies to cry about it happening. I mean, what do you expect if you go into uh, you know a communist nation controlled by the state, uh, all of the industry controlled, almost all the industry controlled and run by the state, the banking industry controlled and run by the state. What do you expect when you get there? We're, we're, Mr. Johnson, uh, we're going to continue this conversation. Quick break. That's our shortest segment in the hour. And when we return, we'll continue to talk about China. Next up, let's talk about the continuation of the manipulating of the currency despite the promises that I, I think have fallen on deaf ears, quite frankly, uh, from the president of China. We'll be back with Mr. Stan Johnson from the USW, International Secretary Treasurer. Follow them on Twitter at USW Blogger. International Secretary Treasurer of the United Steelworkers, Mr. Stan Johnson. Follow them on Twitter at USW Blogger and check out their website, USW.org. The president from China came to town and a lot of people were listening because a lot of what China does affects the American economy, American workers, American industries, and certainly that affects our economy as a part of the world in the global economy. We were talking about uh, a lot of uh, issues that Chinese leaders need to address if they're really sincere about becoming a true trade partner. Uh, One thing we discussed before the break was how China remains a state-controlled non-market economy, always putting American workers and industry at a disadvantage. So let's go next to something that a lot of Americans are very unhappy about, Um, certainly uh, not just unions, but businesses and business leaders and, and politicians are unhappy about, and that's that China keeps, Mr. Johnson, as you know, manipulating its currency. Um, what? So that people understand, there are many things this does. One is it creates volatility in the world markets, and that's one of the reasons you can get those crappy made fall apart after one wash three t-shirts for five or ten bucks because their goods are artificially cheaper with that manipulation of currency, correct? Their goods are artificially cheaper with their currency being manipulated. And this is not a recent discussion. This discussion has been going on probably for at least a decade, uh, and China has constantly held down the value of their currency against the dollar for that distinct advantage, the ability to export, the, the way that their economy has been structured by, by the state. Uh, what, what that really does then is allow them the unfair advantage in the market, the ability to export and and makes their goods and services much cheaper than than for the rest of the world and it's the manipulation appears uh you know if you don't look at it over a long period of time it appears minimal but if it if if it if their currency doesn't float with a the dollar they've got a constant unfair advantage and as they as they did just uh, a few weeks ago as soon as their economy starts turning down as we all saw uh in, what three or four weeks ago then they immediately uh, reacted by devaluing their currency by 4.4 percent. Imagine if our, you know, if if the U.S. did the same thing and the turmoil that that would cause within the rest of the world. But some and some, some you know, we would be penalized for that. But somehow, the Chinese are allowed to uh, manipulate their currency to the benefit of their country, while the rest of the world is not allowed to do so. You you mentioned earlier in the hour, and just now you mentioned again a few weeks ago that China did this again. They devalued its currency. They did so uh, 4.4% actually. Uh, Do you think, Mr. Johnson, this further proves that China is not serious about competing on a level playing field with the rest of the world, the United States included? 
I don't think China set up their economy to compete on a level playing field. Their economy was, as I said, was set up for an export base. It was to generate cash for the Chinese government. Um, and quite frankly, it's been phenomenally successful. Um, I don't think they have any intent to do anything else. They don't have enough internal consumption to even come close to consuming the number of goods and services that they have put in place that, that companies from around the world have gone to try to chase this. Um, so, you know, at this point in time, Leslie, I'm not sure that they can without a, you know, a hugely significant economic sea change in, in China overall. And there are people that say, look, it is time to get serious. It is time to take action against Chinese currency manipulation. I would imagine you agree with that, Mr. Johnson, but some people would say, how? What should the United States and even the rest of the world do? Um, Because there are just, if not just little, no negative consequences that China faces with regard to this. Well, the fact of the matter is uh, we should do something. Uh, The first thing would, would be to publicly recognize and state that the Chinese are currency manipulators. The the follow-up to that would be to put in place uh, sanctions and tariffs and and so forth. So if they manipulate their currency down, that we we collectively as as a global group look at China and say, okay, what is the value, what should be the value of the Chinese currency, and then put in place uh, tariffs and sanctions that say, okay, if you won't peg your currency to the market, then we're going to peg your currency to the market for you and force that. But uh, no one seems to, to have an appetite for even publicly recognizing the fact that they're currency manipulators, much less actively doing anything about it. Now, when you look over um, historically, there was Black Wednesday in Great Britain, because there are people that in the past have devalued their currency in a time of crises, like Black Wednesday in Great Britain, or the 97 Asian crisis, Argentina in 2002, and again two years later in 2014, excuse me, 12 years later, and Mexico in 1994. Um, But world economic organizations recognize such actions as a legitimate act of a sovereign state. China, on the other hand, are engaging in a classic competitive devaluation. Um, and as a matter of fact, Ted Truman, who's an economist, coined the term because the Chinese face no crisis. The only crisis they face is slowed growth and, in a sense, saving face by doing so, by manipulating the currency in such a manner. That's exactly what it's about. Uh, where other people have reacted with currency manipulation uh, as such uh, to, in, in essence, save the uh, sovereignty of their individual nations, the Chinese government continues to artificially hold down and then, when necessary, manipulate percentages to maintain their export status in the world because, as I said, they have built an economy that says we are going to be the world's exporters and, in all honesty, have been very successful at it only because the rest of us have chosen not to intercede and not to change the direction, and, and unless and until uh, the U.S. government, the Canadian government, the Mexican government, uh, the European governments, uh, Australia, et cetera, et cetera, are willing to intercede, then China will continue to do what China has done, because why wouldn't they? They get away with it. 
Yeah, and what they did here with the 4.4% reduction just weeks ago created an $88 billion reduction in, in selling price, uh, which we said obviously um, is their goal. Uh, let, let's talk about, again, what should be done. Trans-Pacific Partnership, the PPP, does not address currency manipulation, at least not in any meaningful fashion. It does not, uh, and, and quite frankly, it will create a far worse circumstance because what's going to be able to, to occur uh, with TPP is countries are going to be able, Japan, for instance, can outsource uh, some of the product that they would typically import to the U.S. to other countries, Indonesia, Thailand, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, China will, will attempt to do some of these same things, and, and what will end up happening is you'll end up with materials coming back into the U.S., uh, labeled as made in Japan, that very well may not be made in Japan at all. So we're going to see uh, country of origin diminish to worse than it is now. Uh, so you're not going to be able to, and, and so you're not going to be able to tell where you're buying what from. And quite frankly and honestly, I think that is the intent uh, long-term to keep you from knowing where the product comes from. And that's that's a sad set of circumstances when, when you won't, when most most people truly do want to provide an economic stimulus to their own nation, not not just uh, be in, in a bidding process for the cheapest goods around the world. I agree with you, and I think when we talk about not knowing where things come from, uh, China's building up its military. Um, it's also widening the trade deficit. And because of China's practices, which, which are really predatory, um, we in the United States have become more and more reliant on China and other countries for our military equipment. Um, can you speak to us about the threat that China poses to our national and economic security? Uh, well, economic security, I think, is, is far more evident to, to most Americans. I think most Americans see the flood of goods coming in, see the loss of jobs occurring, uh, and it's not just loss of, of any job. It's loss of the, of the best jobs, the tradable goods jobs, the things that are, that are putting real value back into the economy. But what most Americans are not seeing uh, and, and what is not being talked about to any great degree is, is that the Chinese are building uh, an immense military uh, on this export economy, and they are now controlling uh, rare earth minerals, uh, uh, natural magnets, uh, and all of these things that we think, you know, what difference does it make? Uh, the fact of the matter is that most of these things, uh, the rare earth minerals and, and these natural magnets are used in tanks, helicopters, missile guidance systems, drones, semiconductors, satellites, communication devices. It's kind of the, our computers. Everything that we use and expect to be secure there's a very good possibility that they are not going to be secure at all. And if you end up at odds with the Chinese, in war with the Chinese, and you're having to uh, import your military goods from the Chinese to go to war with the Chinese, you know, that's a pretty sad state of affairs. And that's not how this country or the free world, for that matter, has been established and maintained. You don't put yourself at a military disadvantage. You don't put yourself at a disadvantage for uh, critical goods and services, be they manufactured goods and services, be they natural minerals, be they whatever they need to be to maintain uh, national security. Those things have got to be preeminent in, in how any country operates. And quite frankly, we have put ourselves in a position that, that that is no longer the case. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with... 
the second-in-command at the USW, the United Steelworkers International Secretary-Treasurer, Mr. Stan Johnson. Quick break, only one more segment in this hour, so if you have questions, join us now. I have a lot of activity on Twitter. We'll share some of those tweets when we come back. The website for the USW is usw.org. On Twitter, follow them there, at USWblogger. And again, we're speaking with International Secretary-Treasurer, second-in-command at the USW, under President Leo Gerard, Mr. Stan Johnson. Back with him, back with you, right after this, more on China, and we're going to get to the hacking right after this. Don't go away. Back with Stan Johnson, International Secretary Treasurer for the USW. Follow them on Twitter at USW Blogger and go to USW.org. Before we talk about uh, the hacking, Mr. Johnson, and some other things, I wanted to share with you uh, some tweets. When we talked about China promising not to manipulate its currency or discriminate against foreign businesses, uh, Sharon tweeted, sure, like, I believe if I put a plate of food down with food on it, I trust my dog will not eat it. And uh, Walden tweeted, uh, those people will say anything to just stall, evade, and convolute. Uh, Bud says, I lost another 500 bucks just yesterday alone. It's been going on like this since China's math problems. No regulations, no oversight. And uh, they talk about uh, others. Uh, Jay Paul says they still have journalists and defense lawyers locked up and beaten. Uh, And Brad says maybe stop borrowing money from them to begin with. And uh, Speedy Gonzalez says not have at real Donald Trump make his clothing line there for starters. I thought you would appreciate some of those. Um, You know, some of those are cute. What's not cute is when you wake up in the morning as the USW and many other companies uh, and organizations and unions and uh, even countries have uh, to the handiwork of Chinese hackers who are backed by their government, right? And I mean, what they're doing with this hacking is routinely stealing sensitive information from American companies and from American organizations. Uh, Talk to us about this uh, hacking. I mean, China is, without question, uh, the most predominant economic espionage threat to America today, correct? That is part of their economic model, sadly enough, Leslie. They they consider industrial espionage as a, as a way to grow their economy, and, and quite frankly, again, it's been somewhat successful for them. Uh, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again, 95% of the industrial espionage cases in the U.S. are tied to the Chinese, 95%. It, 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 honestly, for them, it is an economic model. It is, if we, we don't, why do we need to develop products and spend time in R&D when we can just simply go out, uh, break into someone else's computer system, steal the information, and, and go forward. Look, these are ve- this is a tough whole discussion today. These are very tough issues, and and I, I we talked about the military earlier, and I don't want to scare people. I, that's not the intent of what I'm, I'm, you know, my answer about their military and and their buildup and our inability to respond. Uh, they're real, and, and you know I think the point is to get people to pay attention. Uh, so we're not—I'm not trying to certainly scare people, but but these things do matter, and our trade deficits matter. It, it's you know in 10 years of trading with China, from 2001 to 2011, we gained 538,000 jobs by exports to China. Over the same period, we lost 3.3 million jobs to imports from China. So it's not just about the military. It's not just about the espionage. It's about job loss. It's about it's about how our economy operates. It's about how our families survive. It's about how, you know, we continue the American dream. And, and we're not going to continue the American dream by importing Chinese goods. 
cheap Chinese goods, that's not going to build our economy and build our nation uh, and build our futures. I agree with you. And, and I think, uh, you know, when you have like a bridge that's built and then needs to be repaired or replaced quickly, uh, that's what happens when you import cheap steel. Uh, when your tires don't last as long, that's what happens when you import cheap tires. And the list goes on. Paper, aluminum, glass, other products uh, that Chinese manufacturers continue to produce. And, and they really don't uh, care about uh, the demand. They don't care about agreements that are made in order to join the World Trade Organization. And they dump their products in foreign markets like ours, the United States. Uh, they institute greater protectionism and state control, as we mentioned, with their economy and uh, and control over their own markets and obviously manipulating their currency. Let's talk about the U.S.-China Bilateral Investment Treaty, a new trade deal under consideration. Uh, this deal will only exacerbate all of those problems that I just cited, correct? Well, the problem with dealing with China is dealing with China. Uh, the, the real issue... Uh, with anything that we have attempted to do, including the Bilateral Investment Treaty, is that unless you get hardcore enforceable agreements that you're willing to enforce, then you have nothing more than statements, positions that say we're going to do better, we promise we're going to do the right things, uh, and nothing ever comes to fruition. It is why we would continue... To, to go down this path, I don't understand. We, we're going to have to take a stronger stand at some point in, in time and say, you know, unless and until you uh, create an economy that allows you to compete on an even playing field with the rest of the world, we're going to peg your currency. We're going to determine what how you're going to be able to trade in the rest of the world. And until we collectively, I don't mean U.S. by, by ourselves, but everybody else in the world says, until you do this, we're we're just not going to play your game anymore, and and that's if unless and until we reach that point, we will not solve the problem. Um, agreed. Um, bad trade. You touched upon the jobs, millions of jobs that it's cost the American worker. Can you also talk about how bad trade and bad trade deals drag down American wages, Americans work, American workers' wages? Oh, it, it, look. What's happening is we're losing what's called tradable uh, goods. So, you know, the, the higher-end manufacturing goods, the things that, that generate real wealth in an economy, those are the jobs that we're losing. We're, you know, we're not, and I don't mean to make this a manufacturing versus service jobs because there are lots of great, wonderful, high-end service jobs that are as important to our economy as anything else. But when, when China is exporting these tradable goods, then those jobs are leaving and, and going elsewhere in the world, China predominantly, and what jobs are being replaced here are being replaced at significantly lower wages, so therein lies part of the problem that the middle class in America is not continuing to grow and expand. We've got our own set of problems internally, economically, that we need to address with the way people are manipulating our economic system and the rich are getting richer and, and the average American and the poor American just really doesn't have a chance. But but the fact of the matter is that's a secondary issue to all the others that are out there. I, I am just very impressed with the USW and what you guys have done, Mr. Johnson. Um, there are leaders in labor and in industry like the USW. You guys have filed so many trade cases, especially in key industries like steel and tires. Could you speak to that briefly? Uh, we are the trade case kings, and quite frankly, that's <laughs> why the Chinese uh, hacked into our system. We, had been, we have been and, can, and will continue to. 
file trade cases against the Chinese government. Every chance that we have an opportunity, we're in the business to protect jobs, uh, protect not only the jobs of our members, but every trade case we file protects the members, our members' jobs and everyone else that works in that industry. And we think it's a vital part of the strategy to, to keep the U.S. an economic superpower, and we're going to defend not only our members' rights but workers' rights in the U.S., by continuing to file trade cases, continuing to fight the manipulation by the Chinese government, continuing to fight their subsidization of uh, tires, steel, uh, paper, whatever they're trying to import into our country, uh, we will, we are going to continue that battle, and we have been phenomenally successful at doing so so far. Mr. Johnson, more than a pleasure. I could talk to you about many more things with regard to TPP, Mexico, Canada, you know, and that, how that, you know, uh, can hurt Americans and uh, their jobs in the future. But uh, just very educational. Thank you for taking the time. Um, we have so many people who have been commenting and they're just sitting on the edge of their seats, riveted, didn't want to call in because you were so comprehensive. So thank you. And thank you for taking the time. I know you're quite busy. Mr. Stan Johnson, International Secretary, Treasurer, Second in Command at the United Steelworkers. Follow them on Twitter at USW Blogger. The website's USW.org. You ever hear something and know the world will never be the same? Houston, we have liftoff. Well, wait until you hear this one. Half price coffee. That's right. Get into McDonald's weekdays before 10.30 a.m. for any size premium roast coffee or iced coffee. Both made with 100% Arabica beans, both half the price. Good is brewing. And that's the sound of your morning changing. Limited time only. May not be combined with any offer or combo meal. Have participated in McDonald's. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. 